everybody. Welcome back to Coco and Dalts. We are real people bringing you real reviews of all the latest TV shows and movies that are streaming on Disney Plus, Netflix, and Amazon Prime. I'm not Dalts. And I'm not Coco. And today, our real review is of High Score, a six-episode docu-series on Netflix about video games. Dalts. Why don't you give the good people a summary of what we watched? Why, thank you, Coco, <laughs> for that very nice toss. The dulcet tones of my toss. That's a very nice toss. <laughs> uh, so as Coco mentioned, this is a documentary on Netflix, and it's about video games. And it starts with the nascent days of Atari. <laughs> And it goes all the way through from Atari to Nintendo and Sega Genesis and then ends with 2D to 3D computer graphics and how they came to be. Yeah, it didn't kind of go up till today. It just kind of went through, I think, like the mid-90s. Yeah. It, so it, it was a very short, like 15, 20-year time span. Yeah, so six episodes, like you said, they all uh, landed on August 19th. So we binge-watched it because we're really desperate and we're looking for stuff to do. <laughs> and Coco, at this point now, has no fight in her game. So whenever I suggest <laughs> something, she says, yeah, whatever. So that's why we ended up watching this. I'm a big documentary fan. Um, I've seen lots of documentaries on video games. Actually, there's uh, one that was most recently on uh, the founding of Atari, which um, so the the, ma the main cheese there, Nolan Bushnell, uh, was the guy who was considered the godfather of video games and helped bring Atari to power. There was a good one on that that I saw. Um, this is a genre that is very male heavy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They did do a good job of trying to get diverse voices in there, though. I, that's where I was going to go with that, Coco. So thank Sorry. you for the segue and Randor stealing my thunder. Yeah. Um, but this is not just like a bunch of white dudes sitting around talking about Pac-Man or, or, you know, <laughs> Doom. Doom. <laughs> Duke Nukem. <laughs> One of the most uh, horrific video games of all time. And... Uh, it was, there, like you said, Coco, there was a lot of diverse voices in here, which was very interesting. Uh, so like one of the uh, sons of a video game uh, designer who would happen to be black and sort of his uh, struggles that he faced very early on in Silicon Valley, um, just being different and not necessarily being treated differently. I didn't, I didn't hear a lot of talk about racism, but I'm sure there was some. Um, but it's just a matter of uh, him being just not looking like anybody else around him and, and that sort of thing. So I uh, this this was to me um, a bit of a risk to watch it because it was six uh, episodes. They're 37 to 45 minutes long, I think, uh, in, in length. So not a huge gamble, but a bit of a gamble. It was a little confusing at times. I don't know if you found this, Coco, but it wasn't linear. Uh, from one point to the next, there were some times when during this one particular episode where it would jump back or jump forward or there would be concurrent events that they would try to cover. But you can't really do that when you're in a linear medium, right? Like if you're talking A to B, it's not necessarily the way to do it to say, oh, by the way, at the same time, this also happened and then go back to this and then. So there was some, maybe that was just my small uh, peanut brain that was uh, <laughs> not able to fathom that, but um, it was it was overall pretty well done. I'd say it's a pretty low risk 
uh, investment of your time. It is chronological, so if you're going to watch it, you probably want to start with number one, mm -hmm. if that's what you're interested in. If you're interested in just jumping in on Doom or <laughs> or some of the Street Fighter stuff or some right. of the nasty uh, things at the end there, maybe you just want to jump in on that uh, by itself. Um, Kogo, I know you're a huge video game fan, so what did you think of this one? <laughs> well, yeah, my uh, parents refused to buy me any kind of gaming console when I was a kid because they were legit like, no child of ours is going to sit on her ass playing video games <laughs> when she could be outside playing real games or working. Right. So, so it wasn't a devil worship thing. Right. So I have very little experience playing video games. It was always, oh, we're going to my cousin's house and they have Atari, so I'm going to play all the Frogger all night and not talk to anybody. So, so in your family, your cousins were like uh, in vacation where they went to uh, <laughs> see the other cousins and they were all like looking at porn mags and stuff right, like that. Right, totally. And yeah. like stirring Kool-Aid with their arms and, right, yeah. right, and drinking beer. And, yeah. <laughs> right, totally. So that was your cousins in yeah, relation uh -huh. to you, in, yeah. in your mind. Anyway. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I actually, I enjoyed it though. Um, oh, good. Yeah, it was like you said, it was very low risk. Six episodes, sure, but the longest was like 45 minutes. So we probably could have done all six of them in a day if we had had time to do it. They didn't feel draggy. Mm -hmm. um, they actually had some pretty funny production values. Like yeah. they would set people up to do funny little vignettes and stuff. Um, they interviewed a ton of people. Like they had a lot of the stuff that you don't even think about, like the game design. Mm -hmm. They interviewed those guys. They interviewed the artists. They interviewed the artist who came up with Sonic the Hedgehog and yeah. like how he came up with the idea for a hedgehog as opposed to like a rabbit or whatever. So it was... There was some good knowledge in there. I enjoyed it. I did like that they tried to highlight, oh, before this guy got hired at EA, all the players in Madden were white because that yeah. was all the technology could do. But once he got hired, he was like, you know, the majority of the players in the NFL are African-American. Mm -hmm. So can we change that to reflect reality? <laughs> you know, so and uh, I didn't know this either. They interviewed another family who... Apparently, way back in the day, if you wanted to play Pong, you had to buy a Pong console. Mm -hmm. And if you wanted to play Frogger, you had to buy a Frogger console. So the producers interviewed the family of the guy who came up with cartridges. Mm -hmm. So instead of buying all these different consoles for all these different games, you know, you just buy one Atari and then you just buy the Frogger cartridge the pong cartridge the donkey kong cartridge so essentially so, the basis of modern gaming right exactly Home and, gaming. and even like vhs's and dvd players right. and all you know mp3 players and stuff yep. so yeah so i can't imagine having to buy like a different console for every U2 album <laughs> or whatever right like here's my octung baby console and here's my zuropa console so We'd need more space. Oh my God, we we'd have a house just for our consoles, right. and then yeah. So it was it was definitely interesting. I was kind of surprised that they stopped in the nineties. Mm -hmm. You know, like because I mean, it seems Me like I mean, it's been twenty years since the nineties. So it's been thirty years since the beginning of the nineties. A lot so. has changed. Yeah, exactly. It was really you know f funny to hear like, oh, we uploaded do uh, doomed. Uh, AOL at midnight on <laughs> December 10th, 1993, and people all over the world are trying to download it. And I was like, how did that happen? Like, how did people even know about it? Like, right. that's crazy. So. Yeah. What, what was the uh, 
what was the internet like in those days? Right, totally. <laughs> like, I remember what it was like in 97, just trying to get online. And I can't even imagine trying to play an interactive game in 93 on all those dial-up modems with AOL. <laughs> you know, and then, like, your grandma calls and you're kicked <laughs> off and you're like, no. You got a high score, uh, yeah. working on a personal best high score, <laughs> and then somebody calls and orders a pizza or something like right, that. Right, exactly. Like, you're screwed and you got to start over again. <laughs> yeah, totally. The last episode was about... Speaking of Doom, violence in video games. And I mean, I don't have kids and I'm not a kid. So I thought it was really funny. Are you sure about that last one? Well, mentally I'm a child. But they showed a lot. Like I said, I haven't played a lot of video games and I love Ms. Pac-Man and that's as far from violent as you can get. So they were showing (laughs) clips of like Street Fighter. Unless you're a cookie. Yeah. And Mortal Kombat. And it was just, it was so over the top and hilarious, just like ripping people's heads off. And I was like dying laughing. And then they intersperse it with shots of congressional hearings on video game violence. And people are all outraged about the children being corrupted. Yeah. I was like, but it's funny. It's I, uh, so over the top. It's not remotely realistic. Like, I was on. glad to see that because that gave you a, an objective uh, perspective of video games. Like I didn't want this to be a big puff festival and how great video games are and everything like that. But, like video games have changed society. I don't think there's any question about that. And I think that that's one of the reasons that in the wrong hands, like anything else, it can be bad. Like it can cheapen life. And it was, oh, I'm just shooting. I'm just shooting a pixelated person. I'm not shooting an actual person. So in some people who are perhaps not uh, mentally solid don't make that distinction. And the next thing you know, you've got a mass shooting. So I, I would be interested to see the correlation between school shootings and video game rise in popularity. Because I bet you there is one. I bet you there is a correlation. And I'm not like... I'm not all tipper gore on this. I'm not like, <laughs> let's ban everything. I mean, I think having warnings is the way to go. The way they had they eventually... One of the episodes uh, dealt with that and how the uh, ratings eventually were slapped onto video games. And but of course, then they I, made the point that the more you tell kids they can't have something, the more they want it. So, that's just what I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter. You can still get somebody to buy a game for you, and right. then, you know it's. But it is some sort of uh, acknowledgement of the severity of it. Like I had never seen the Doom game. And it's a pretty nasty piece of work. Like, I mean, ripping a guy's head off and then his like spinal column is dangling <laughs> from his severed head. I mean, that's just that's just nasty business. But it's it but it's really cool too if you're a teenage boy, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you've got to you've got to weigh the pros and cons. And I think I think they did a good job in that in in this uh, in this series. I again I was surprised that they shut it down. And maybe this was one of those things where like, oh, we got some content, let's get it out there. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll do the next yeah. ten years or twenty years in another six episodes or something like that. Because video gaming has completely changed. I mean, they did talk a little bit about esports. Yeah. And some uh-huh. of the some of the competitions that they have, but that was again what I was referring to earlier. It was kind of chronologically out of order like we're talking mm-hmm. about esports esports were not a thing in 1993 no huh so there is a little bit of a throw to today but it was mostly 93 and and earlier so like a 10 year kind of documentary but really it's it's it was pretty pretty well done and it journalistically it seemed to have a good amount of balance it didn't seem to be like it was all how great are video games and how awful are people who oppose them or anything like that. Um, and it wasn't just a bunch of fanboys talking either. There was some some good balance in there. So I thought it was overall pretty well done. I felt kind of bad though because they did interview like three 
people who prior to esports, there would be like the Sega World Championships and they interviewed the people who won those. And it's like, oh man, you peaked when you were like 18. Right. You know, I felt so bad for them. Like on the one hand, like, oh, that's really super cool that you won this worldwide competition. But then on the other hand, it's like, oh, but... Now what do you do? Yeah, now what 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 do you do after that? Like the, I think the first person who won like the Atari Championships or something, like they actually went into video game design and yeah. stuff and they yeah. ended up working in the industry. But the other two people they interviewed... There was one guy, I think he's coaching an esports team now, but then there were two other people <laughs> who won in like the 80s and the 90s. And it's like, I don't know what they're really doing now. Like, how do you, yikes, like, how do you become an insurance salesman after you win like some global sonic competition or something? Well, there was that one guy who had won a competition and then he ended up working for some uh, mainstream firm and then his company said to him, hey, what? it was in Japan. Yeah, that was the esports guy. Yeah, he was yeah. now coaching like yeah, an esports yeah, exactly. team. Yeah, and yeah. he was sitting in the back of the room twiddling his thumbs. He's like, this is not nearly as thrilling as <laughs> right. a video game, you know, right. looking at flow charts. And... Right, winning like the Japanese Street Fighter competition <laughs> right. or whatever. Right. Yeah. And there was, uh, we should mention too, there was a very heavy Japanese presence in this, yeah. which was appropriate because a lot of the games and a lot of the technology came from Japan. So they talked to a lot of the key players and I'm sure a lot of those guys that they talk to are sort of the idols and the and the Kurt Cobains of video game uh, <laughs> production and design because they were pretty cool and they knew what they were talking about and they were pioneers obviously in those days with Sega and with Nintendo. Um, so there, there's a, a good balance there. It's not strictly um, that's one of the things that I've noticed about a lot of these Netflix productions now, which I think is great as Netflix takes over the world. They're looking at how can we bundle this and so that it's not just a, a a show for the United States. Right. But it's also a show for Japan. Uh-huh. It's also short. Like we looked at the, uh, when we did White Lines, yeah. the, the, uh, the series about Ibiza. I mean, that had all sorts of appeal. Not only was it good for North America, but it was good for Europe too, for English speaking Europe as well. So I, I, I see a lot of this and I think that it's, in some ways it's transparent and it's not... Uh, of pure uh, intentions, but at the other, at the other side of the coin is it gives you a broader appeal and it also mm-hmm. gives you a broader balance. So you're not just talking to Silicon Valley. You're actually talking to the Japanese version of Silicon Valley as well. So it gives you a more full uh, picture. I think I read Netflix worldwide has something like 197 million subscribers, maybe. So, so just below what we have. Yeah, true. Yeah. Which <laughs> I will tell you where you can find us if you're one of our 200 million subscribers in a moment. Oh, are we done? No, huh? Oh, I was okay. just yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it was enjoyable. Yeah, I, I liked it. I'd give it like a B. How many uh, joysticks up would you give it? <laughs> Not a euphemism. I was gonna say you'll find out later tonight, baby. <laughs> oh, I will. <laughs> Golly, this I'm, is my lucky day. I'm going back to the letter grades. I'll give it a B. You're going back to letter grades? Yeah. Okay. I give it. Uh, I give it a one and a half joysticks up, probably. Yeah. I, uh, I thought it was good. It was no uh, Trailer Park Boys, but, you know. <laughs> what is? What is. That's a hard, you know, that's that's several joysticks up. I, there's right. a euphemism there that I want to make with that's tra- Trailer Park Boys. several Julians holding whiskey sours up or whatever. Jack <laughs> Se- and Coke, there we several go. Several kitties in the, in the shed. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> several... Houndstooth button downs and track <laughs> pants outfits up. We could we could keep going with this. By we the totally way, could. not that uh, not that this is a good uh, 
sign of my character, but in on my Facebook feed yesterday that showed up that the Trailer Park Boys uh, now has the Houndtooth shirt that uh, <gasps> Ricky wears is now back in stock. I know something Santa's going to get Daltz for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I think Ricky should get another one because every time I see him wearing it, it's, it's got like five holes in it. I know, and it's stained. <laughs> I wonder if that thing has ever been washed or uh, if they just give it back to wardrobe and I don't know. Yeah. So uh, now that we've totally gone off track and into the uh, trailer park boys territory. Sorry, uh, listener. Can you uh, take us out of here, Coco? Yes. If you are one of our 200 million subscribers, <laughs> you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Please rate and review us there. You can also find us on Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn, IMDb, the first two, yes. uh, the second and third seasons are on IMDb. The first is still to come. You can also find us on Ghana if you are in India, although I believe that might also serve uh, the part, subcontinent. Yes, other parts of uh, Asia. Mm-hmm. And on YouTube, if you would like to let us know what you think of the podcast, if you want to let us know what you want to hear us uh, review in the future, you can email us at cocoandults at gmail.com. You can also follow us and like us on Facebook and Twitter. We are at cocoandults. And you can find us on the interwebs at cocoandults.com, where we have reviews of other things besides what we talk about on the podcast. And we also have the Buzz blog, yeah. which I recently relaunched. It's sort of my reaction to entertainment news and celebrity gossip adults does not care about but oh i thought it was about bee making oh that's true beehives and there is i'm doing a uh i'm doing a graphic for it and there is a bee in the graphic so yeah okay so that's why you want to go back to letter grades (laughs) (laughs) you're funny looking there you go i knew you were gonna say that yeah so yeah find us anywhere you can and let us know what you think we know you have a listener choice so (laughs) that's true also (laughs) I totally screwed that up. Daltz has been drinking the whiskey sours. Right. And it's only uh, 2.04 in the afternoon. so It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Somewhere. So we know you have a choice. So thank you for choosing us, listener. And for another week, I'm definitely not Coco. And I'm definitely not Daltz. <laughs>